This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Hey Bryce, what did you get your mum for Mother's Day? Mate, to be honest, I just sent her a text message. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. That's terrible, man. Well, you know yeah. what you should have done? should have done what I did. You should have gone on to equitymates.com slash stake, signed up, and got your mum some shares. What are you talking about? You can't go and buy your mum's shares. Yeah, mate. With with stake, you can gift shares to other people. Mate, that's not bad. So, how does that happen? So, all you have to do, go to equitymates.com slash stake, sign up through our website, get yourself a free 25 bucks when you fund your account, and then you can go on and buy shares for other people. So I bought my mum a nice little parcel of Apple shares for Mother's Day. Nice, an apple pie. Yeah, yeah. I've been <laughs> I've been on them for a while about starting investing and I thought, you know what? Why don't I just take it into my own hands and get them started? So you can do that too. That's actually probably one of the coolest presents I've heard about, Ren. So all I need to do is head to equitymates.com forward slash stake. I'll sign up to an account and then fund it and then they're going to give me free brokerage on any transaction in the US and 25 bucks into the my account and then I can send Apple or Amazon or you know any stock in the US to my mum for next mother's day so that's going to be better than sending a text message mate if you if I hear about you sending a text to the lovely <laughs> Anne next mother's day I'll be having a stern word with you <laughs> mate I'll make sure I sign up to state before that happens <laughs> that's what I like to hear Nice. That's equitymates.com forward slash stake for free brokerage, 25 bucks into your account. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, where we will help you learn to invest in 15 minutes or less. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividends so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name is Bryce and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Grammar Nazi, <laughs> Ren. <laughs> oh, I'm good, Bryce. I'm good. For, to, for all our listeners out there, we have recorded an episode and we did it in one take, but somehow this intro is now onto its third take. <laughs> 
We're pretty excited about this one. We've been lucky enough to sit down with BetaShares, who is the largest Australian provider of ETFs or exchange traded funds. Now, over the last three months or so, we've had a number of our listeners write in and ask us if we can specifically do some episodes and break down ETFs or exchange traded funds, as I said. So we thought, why not uh, take the opportunity and sit down with um, none other than uh, a company that specializes purely in uh, creating exchange-traded funds. So we went and sat down with BetaShares and with their one of their founders, uh, a guy by the name of Elon. So Elon is the head of strategy and marketing at BetaShares, and he's had a pretty interesting career leading up to this. Yeah, so this first episode is about BetaShares, the company, and about Elon and their growth story to this point. We touch on ETFs a little bit, but... Next episode will be ETFs 101, just a whole episode sitting down with Alarm dedicated to what do we need to know about ETFs, how do we understand and think about ETFs, what are the risks and rewards of ETFs. So between this episode and the next one with Alarm, and then our third episode with Adam, you should get everything you need to know about ETFs. So today we're here with Alarm from uh, BetaShares. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Great to be here with you guys. So I guess to start things off, settle a bit for us. Yep. Is it better shares or is it beta shares? It can be whatever you want it to be. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I think it's that. beta shares. Beta yeah, shares. Beta shares. You know, there's a concept in finance of alpha and beta. Yep. Alpha is essentially trying to beat a benchmark and beta is essentially providing that return. So we call ourselves beta shares. That's what it's all about. Great. So to kick us off today, can you tell us a bit about your personal background yeah. um, and how you got to uh, where you are here at BetaShares? Sure, thanks for the correct <laughs> pronunciation. Uh, so look, going back to the very beginning, I, um, I did a law degree, a commerce law degree at the University of New South Wales, uh, but I've always been quite entrepreneurial. I mean, thinking back to my to early years, even at school, we started up, my friends and I started up, a, we were doing DJing okay. for, for kids' parties. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, you know, during this uni years, I was started up a terribly named uh, mobile cocktail bartending business called Cocktail Magic. <laughs> so I've always sort of been out there sort of trying to build things and do things in my, on my own right. So, um, but uh, actually, um, when I finished uh, uni, I got involved in the venture capital industry. And I actually started what was one of Australia's first venture capital funds. But this was a long time ago. And um, back then, we were investing in things like online pet food which now is just a brilliant idea. Back then it was an okay idea, so it was kind of before, we were really a bit ahead of our time. So we made some pretty good investments and some pretty bad investments, but still it was a good experience sort of going through the process and actually setting up a business and, and raising the money for a fund. And then after that, I actually did go into uh, management consulting. I worked for a great company called the Boston Consulting Group, and uh, that was a great experience for me because basically what you do in companies like that uh, is you spend time working for CEOs on top-level strategy. Uh, and so you are ex- just experiencing a whole lot of very, very fast-moving environment with very smart people and solving difficult problems and really just giving yourself the confidence or giving myself the confidence to go out and, and start things and do, do things myself. So I did that for five and a half years in Sydney, New York. But I had an itch uh, to get back and do something entrepreneurial. And so I had a couple of friends at, back from the uni days that I reconnected with. And basically, we decided to work together to, to look at starting businesses. Uh, and so that's how it all started. And so, you know, we, we were involved in, in the funds business, the funds management industry for some time, the traditional 
as you call it, managed funds business. So there was a business that when I got started working with these guys, they were at the tail end of. And we were thinking about ETFs. We had heard of ETFs before, which we'll obviously discuss what those are. Uh, but for a variety of reasons, the timing wasn't right. But then a few things changed in the market, which made the timing very right. And so those are things like the global financial crisis, the rise of the self-managed super fund industry, and oh, sorry, the global financial crisis, why that was relevant is because people started really scrutinizing how their money was being managed and started really looking at things like fees. Mm -hmm. The self-managed super fund industry grew and grew, and that was really useful because people were starting to take control of their investments. And finally, in the financial advisor world, there was something called FOFA, which was a particular act that came into parliament called the Future of Financial Advice, which meant that as an advisor, you could no longer get paid a commission by a product manufacturer. And so when that came in, that gave ETFs a level playing field to other funds. And uh, for those three reasons, we, we, had, we thought to ourselves, it's now time to, to start this business. And we started up BetaShares, which we'll discuss what it's all about. But at BetaShares, I am responsible for corporate strategy, which is really things like which products we should launch and why. I'm also responsible for sort of general growth strategies like international expansion. Uh, and also I'm responsible for marketing. So I head up our marketing team which amongst other things is interested to make sure that the younger generation are interested in our products and we think that's been great and that's why we get very excited to, by talking to people like you because you are doing your best to educate the market and the younger market on why you should actually pay, pay attention to your investments and start generating wealth, wealth from a young age. Mm -hmm. So that's a bit of a nutshell about what I'm all about. Very interesting. Resonates pretty well in some regard the entrepreneurial side to Ren and I. I mean, we took off a weekend couple of months ago to go and sit in the house and try and think of business ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't come up with anything like beta shares yet. But so yeah, it's it's uh, good to hear. So let's get on to beta shares. Yeah. Um, I think I first heard about ETFs or exchange traded funds um, just before uni, 2010-ish, yeah. Yeah. Um, and didn't really know what they were took a while to get an understanding and then you know it, was, it became quite a buzzword yeah. so firstly can you give a bit of an idea of what BetaShares does sure. and then um, we'll get into what an exchange trade fund is. Sure so BetaShares is a specialist fund manager that specializes in exchange traded funds or ETFs and I have to sort of slightly describe an ETF now because otherwise it doesn't make yeah. sense but yeah. basically they're one of the fastest growing and in my opinion one of the most exciting investment products in the world today. Uh, they're investment funds that you buy and sell on a stock exchange. So in many respects, they're an investment fund like many people would understand, but you buy and sell them on the stock exchange for one. And they're bought and sold like any share as a result of that. And they often give you exposure to an index or an asset class in a very cost-efficient way. I think the best way to describe it is to give an example. Yes. So if I'm looking at buying a tech company right now, I might try to decide to buy between Google, Facebook, or Amazon, I'll scratch my head, I'll have to make a decision. It's quite hard to make that decision. If you, if you think about an ETF that invests in, let's say, the NASDAQ 100 index, so the NASDAQ 100 index is the largest 100 companies on the NASDAQ exchange, and many companies on the NASDAQ exchange are tech companies. Yeah. Therefore, buying an ETF that tracks the NASDAQ 100, we have one called NDQ, buying that fund will give you exposure to all the companies in the NASDAQ 100 in a single trade. So therefore, an investor will in one single trade get exposure to Amazon, Facebook, Google, and all the other 97, fund, no, 97 companies that are part of the NASDAQ. And another example would be, I really want to get exposure to gold. Now, how do I do that before ETFs? Well, I'm going to try and find a gold broker. I'm going to have to worry where I'm going to store it. 
Now I can buy an ETF. We've got one called QAU. AU is the, as you know, the periodic table code for gold. So you can buy QAU and in one trade get exposure to gold without having to worry about physically buying it. So they're usually cost efficient. They're bought and sold on the exchange and they're often, well, in all cases, you know exactly what's in them. So it's transparent as well. So just for beginners, uh, when you say you get exposure to them, is it equal exposure to every single stock or do I know what exposure I'm getting? So it all depends on the strategy of the ETF. So there's around 220 ETFs now in Australia. Okay. But if we just start with a simple example, typically it would be the same as what the index does. So let's say the S&P index or the NASDAQ 100 index, they will, for example, use what's known as market cap weighting. So the largest companies by market cap will be the largest weights. As an investor, you get exposure to the proportion by which those companies take up of the index. So it's not necessarily an equal weighting, it's the way, in that particular case, it's market cap weighting. So that would be the way I'd describe it. And so, uh, just back to BetaShares. So BetaShares is an exchange traded fund manager. We now know what an ETF is. And we are, the reason why we're a little bit different, we're a specialist, we're born and bred Australian business. And we actually now have the largest range of ETFs on the market. We've got 45 funds currently trading and also the largest team. Uh, We're currently managing $5.5 billion. Wow. Wow. So for our listeners, we're going to do a whole separate episode uh, on ETFs and, you know, the deep dive into exactly what they are, exactly what they can do for you and some of the risks. So focusing on beta shares as a company... So you're, you're a co-founder of the company. Can you talk about what it was like founding a funds management company in a new space in ETFs and what it was like you know, trying to raise money for this new sort of style of investing in Australia? Yeah. I have massive respect for anybody that starts a business of any sort. It's one of the hardest, most complicated and challenging things you'll ever do in your life. And it doesn't matter whether that business is a tiny online eBay store or a baby food company or an ETF business. Essentially, I've got massive respect for that. So what it's like finding any business of any sort is a challenge. It's an all-body experience, uh, but it's quite a fun experience. And um, the most important thing I think about it is knowing who you are and knowing what you do. So we'll get a little bit philosophical here from <laughs> I think ultimately, you need to be able to look yourself and your partners in the eye and know that you are happy and comfortable with not knowing where your next paycheck is going to come from. If you are not going to be able to do that, then you probably shouldn't be doing it in the first place. I think that's really important. So you need to be able to motivate yourself entirely independently and you need to be able to be able to be comfortable with that level of risk. Um, so that's one of the hardest things about co-founding a company. Now, one of the best things we did at Beta Shares is we took the time, as you just mentioned, you did. But it took a bit longer than one weekend. We took, <laughs> we took, we took 18 months, basically, of pure scrutiny of what we were going to do. So we started, we, got, we, we looked at ideas, we went to the next step, but we didn't launch. We looked at another idea, we went to the next step, and we didn't launch. And that was 18 months of, or maybe longer, of, of really carefully thinking about our environment, what was going to be the next big thing. And finally, when we decided to launch, to launch hard. I mean, that was, that was very important, I think, in terms of, to the extent we've had any success, and we've got a long way before we can call ourselves a success, I think to the extent we've had any success, that's one of the things we did best. But you're right. Um, starting a business in the financial services space does require a bit of extra oomph because you're playing with people's money mm-hmm. and it's complicated. And so it was hard. Uh, we had to. We did. We did. We were lucky that we had some track record of, of, of being in the space, but it was a new space, and many many people, when it came to um, wanting to invest in the company, said no. And the main thing they were saying is, how are you going to actually get people to invest in these things in the first place? 
What we had known is that there's this huge market called the US of A that, that has really proven that you can do it. And so we were very confident and eventually we got there. So, so yeah, that's kind of nice. So when did British Air start? Yeah, so we started looking at it about, about two years before we started. So we started the first funds launched on the ASX at the very end of 2010. So it's been sort of just over seven years of, of, of live and probably another two years before that of, of thinking. Well. But I think, as I said, any, any, any company starts difficult, and particularly one where you manage people's money. So I think the hardest thing about starting a company in the financial services space, or really the wealth management space, is that you have to earn people's trust, mm-hmm. and you've got to build a brand. Yeah. And that is something that's really hard. And the third thing about starting this business in this area is that you have to spend, unfortunately, quite a lot of money. Yeah. It's not an online business. You know, there is tax, tax advice you need to get, accounting advice. You know, there's a lot of upfront cost that, that you need before you can get things going. But ultimately, the hardest thing of all is finding the right people. And so the hardest thing we have found in the whole business so far, and we're really, really fortunate that we do have such a great team, is finding the right people. And we're proud of what we build in that respect. But that's something else that just, I think, is, un- is not unique to us. It's pretty much in every business. Mm-hmm. So did you have one uh, ETF when you started out, or did you uh, launch with a range? A good question. We started with two. Okay. We started with one over the results. So they both still on the stock exchange. We started with one that invests in companies, the largest companies in the financial sector, basically the big banks, Macquarie Bank, ASX, and the like, and some insurance companies. That's called QFN. And then we, we launched one called QRE, which is a resources sector ETF. The same thing, the largest companies in Australia in the resources sector. Of course, that's BHP, Rio, Woodside, yeah. Yeah, Fortescue Metals, etc. So that's an interesting decision because when you talk about ETFs, a lot of the ETFs are just the biggest, you know, 100 or, you know, 200 companies in an index. So why did you make the decision to do sector-based ETFs rather than just, you know, biggest or by market cap? We weren't the first in the market. There were other people doing ETFs before us and they happened to be very large (laughs) and as a a startup, very scary competitors. Mm. And so we did not want to launch funds that were exactly the same as theirs. We wanted to be differentiated by the products we launched and by the style of our business. At that time, there was no resources in financial sector ETFs. There are big sectors in the market. It's a great way to play that theme, so we launched those. So you've got 45 now, you said? Yeah. Do you have a, a goal in mind of what BetaShares looks like 10 years down the track, or and, and how do you determine what's the next product without giving away trade secrets? Yeah. All right, so in terms of what BetaShares is going to look like, you know, we do think there's a lot more funds that we can launch. Uh, there is we, there is 45 funds. You'd say that's a lot. But in the US, I think I'm going to get this wrong, there might be 5,000 ETFs. Whoa. So there's more that can be done. It's all about slicing and dicing the market in different ways. It might be about a different type of strategy. So there will be more funds to come. I'm not sure that we'll continue to launch the number of funds at the pace we have been. The market's starting to get a little bit more mature. Uh, but we'll launch more funds. We'll certainly have, in 10 years, we'll have certainly have double or triple the amount of funds under management, uh, and I think we'll be one of the largest fund managers in Australia. Um, in terms of, the other question was about how do we think about what's going to come mm-hmm. next, yeah. Mm-hmm. A number of things, one, we look at the market, you know, what what, 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 what does there need to be? This is the value of being Australian, I'm sure we'll get to that. I mean, so we look at what the Australian market needs and is looking for, and we devise products accordingly, we see what's happening in, in developed markets like the US, we speak to our sales team, we read, you know, these mm-hmm. types of things. So it's quite a quite a complicated process, I yeah, can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. 
So you touched on your big competitors before. You know, you you have five billion dollars in assets under management. Some of your competitors play in the trillions of dollars. Yeah. What was it like competing against you know the Black Rocks and the State Streets of the world? Did they take notice of this Australian competitor early on? No, I would say that in the early days, in the early days, they didn't take that much notice of us. Uh, they probably wouldn't have thought we were going to be a major threat to them. If I'm honest, they what they would have known that we had a bit of a background in the space. So to that extent. They would have taken notice, but broadly speaking, they wouldn't have been too concerned, I would have thought. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/spoken today. This episode is proudly supported by Vanguard Super. Vanguard Super's life cycle investment option is brilliantly designed for ease, automatically adjusting your investment mix as you get older. Okay, so Ren, what does that actually mean? It means that you can rest easy knowing your super is in steady hands. Vanguard Super leveraged 45 years of global investment expertise to automatically de-risk your portfolio leading up to and during retirement intelligently designed to focus on growth investments in your younger years and gradually introduce more defensive investments as you age, decreasing your investment risk as you near retirement, all without you having to lift a finger. Nice. So head to vanguard.com.au slash super to explore Vanguard Super. Vanguard Super Proprietary Limited is the trustee of Vanguard Super. Read the relevant PDS and TMD available at vanguard.com.au slash super and consider if a product is right for you before making any financial decisions that's not the case anymore (laughs) i think they certainly are taking notice now and i think as i said to you before what we had to do by definition was to differentiate ourselves based upon the products we launched based upon the style of which we do business things like the speed of our decision making and capitalizing the fact that we're australian so i think we were differentiating ourselves in the quality of our team the, the fact that we now have the largest team. So we've invested heavily in this market because we are only Australian. So what they, have, what they don't have that we have is a complete focus on this market. They may not necessarily have their very best teams in Australia because their very best teams may want to go to New York City or, or Boston or, or London. Our whole team is here and we're completely focused on the market. Yeah. Well, that probably flows into that next question. You know, we... You, you, very, you make it very clear that you're an Australian ETF provider. And so we kind of sat back and said, you know, d- does it really matter that it's an Australian company? What does it really matter for the, the people buying the ETF? So does it really matter? We think it matters a great deal. Yeah. And we think it matters a great deal for the reasons I've already described. Mm. I think it allows the particular, let's start at the first level product side. I guess being an Australian born and bred business, we are much more attuned to the needs and desires of Australian investors. So every product we launch is specifically designed with the Australian investor in mind. That is not the case with our competitors. In many cases, they have exported funds they've created in the US and brought them to Australia, which is absolutely fine. But in certain cases, that doesn't give you the exact thing that you might want as an Australian. I'll give you an example. We were the first to launch a gold fund that was currency hedged. 
Now, let's not get too de- detailed as to sort of finance terms, but why did we do that? There was already a gold ETF that was unhedged, which means that you're essentially buying in the US dollar. Now, the problem with that is that if we look back in history, which you would not do if you're not an Australian manufacturer of product, is that as gold goes up, so too has the Aussie dollar gone up in history because it's a commodity country. Now, the problem with that is if gold goes up at the same rate as Aussie dollar goes up, you may find yourself in a situation where gold has gone up 10%, the Aussie dollar has gone up 10%, meaning you're currently at zero. So we did a currency hedge fund as a way to give Australian investors what they really need, which is a exposure to the gold price. So now if the gold price goes up 10%, doesn't matter what's happened to the US dollar and the Aussie dollar, you'll get essentially 10%, excluding any fee yeah. reduction. So I guess the natural question that follows from that is, how is the Australian ATF investor different to the American or British ATF investor? Yeah, it's a good question. There'll be a lot of similarities, but there are things that are different here. I mean, for example, we've got this concept of franking credits, right? Yeah. So yeah. Australian investors may be really focused on that component because that doesn't exist in, in the US or, or, or the UK. I think there's a level of cynicism, perhaps in Australia, <laughs> around certain investments, yeah. you know, in a way. Probably I would say there's more similarities and differences, but it's the little detail that matter, yeah. the little details that matter, the way you think about your, as I said, the taxes, the franking credits, these are where things are different. And we are used, with the useful thing about the US market is we can almost go to the US and look at it as basically like a Marty McFly, Back to the Future. You're yeah, too young yeah, for that, yeah. but it's essentially <laughs> Back to the Future is like a movie where there's Michael J. Fox like back in time. And, but basically you feel a bit like that when you go to the US because you, you can actually see what's coming. Yeah. So yeah, you use yeah. that as a great example. Yeah. But there's definitely differences. And also when it comes to the advice market, that's very different. Yeah. You know, we've got a very particular style of financial advisor. We've got a particular style of stockbroker that doesn't necessarily exist. And so, of course, as you'd appreciate a number of our investors come via those particular intermediary channels, being advisors and stockbrokers. Mm. Mm. Well, we've covered most of the history of BetaShares and yourself. Yeah. And so before we crack into the next episode and discuss ETFs 101, yeah. we thought we'd have a bit of a fun game. Right. And you're obviously an expert in ETFs. So what we've decided to do is come up, we've come up with a list of obscure ETF names. ETF names, right? Yes. And oh, we'll, we'll give you a brief description. And what we want to know is, are they true or false? Okay. Do, do they actually exist? Right. This is not just Australia, obviously. No, no, no. <laughs> I'll probably show myself up as a real ETF nerd, by the way. I almost, I almost <laughs> don't right. want to get this right. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. just throw the game. Yeah. 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 See, when I say that, there's no way I can lose. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'll kick it off. So, uh, true or false, an obesity ETF. Uh, code SLIM, S-L-I-M, and what it does, it holds companies that service obese people and companies that help people lose weight. I'd say that's true. Yeah, no, that it is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's probably a little too niche for Australia. Yeah. <laughs> okay, true or false, Global Millennials ETF, code M-I-L-M, holds companies that service millennials. Sadly, it's true as well. <laughs> Not sadly, it's actually quite a good idea. And uh, yeah, we know the guys who do that fund, they're called Global X. Oh, there you go. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, that is true. Yeah, okay. Uh, what about this, Tax Cuts ETF, code T-A-X, tax. Uh, an ATF created after the Trump tax cuts uh, and focusing on holding companies that will benefit most. That's false. <laughs> that is false. <laughs> but it's a good idea. And funnily enough, there are funds like that out there. So that, interestingly enough, in the US, there has been a launch of Republican. There's a Republican ETF. 
So actually, there are there is it's funny you should say that. Like you got, you know, you sort of almost almost your game almost got too clever for itself. <laughs> yeah. There is a there is a fund or two out there that, for example, invest in companies that are going to benef- be benefiting from a Republican wow. really? majority okay. and there's a Republican Party ETF amazingly wow. enough wow. Yeah. but tax cuts not yeah 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 we great, should, great code though we should say if uh, you use any of these ideas <laughs> we'll just say we want a cut <laughs> <laughs> sounds good high volatility ETF code HVOL holds 200 of the most volatile stocks wow that sounds like what a lot of investors do in their daily life it's definitely <laughs> false I think uh, is it? Well, we've got down true. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So this is for somebody who wants a whole lot of volatility. Yeah, yeah. Wow, those guys I don't know fun. why would you, you would uh, want that. But yeah, wow. Niche. Okay, there we go. Uh, maybe a very niche part of your portfolio, you know? Yeah, wow. Okay. Because yeah. obviously low volatility is all the right. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, all right. What about uh, the Buzz Sentiment ETF? Code BUZ. Uh, holds companies that get the most buzz on social media. I'd say it's true. It is true. <laughs> and frankly, probably a decent idea if we, if we think about it. Yeah, yeah, well, we were confused by this one because what if you're trending on Twitter for a really bad reason? Like, yeah. how, does, how do you de- make that determination? Buzz is buzz. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I would think maybe they might have a positive buzz and a negative buzz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, well, we'll wrap up with this one. Uh, tobacco Companies ETF code SMK holds the largest, world's largest tobacco companies. So we've got a... One of the leading ranges of sustainable, uh, responsible investing ETFs. So that's not somewhere we'd be launching anytime soon. <sighs> this is a tough one. I'm going to go with false. Correct. Because I just think... <laughs> you wouldn't want to do it. That's what, not something you'd want to do. Yeah. But there is, again, just to play, you know, be, be once again the ETF nerd that I am, there is a fund called SIN, S-I-N. And that essentially is the opposite of like a karma style fund because there's one called karma too it's the opposite of karma it's sin so this is investing in tobacco you know pornography oh wow yeah 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 everything that's bad wow <laughs> and it turns out that uh, it's actually performed quite well yeah alright well I think you've well and truly proven that you know your ATS <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we look forward to getting a cut for our SMK <laughs> good stuff we'll wrap this one up Elon um you know, we've had a good introduction into yourself, great introduction into beta shares, and we'll uh, jump into ETS 101. Sounds good. Hello, mates of Equity Mates. Or I guess that just makes you Equity Mates. Anyway, it's Bryce here. One of the most frequently asked questions we get is, where do we find information about all these stocks and, and where's a good place to start? Now, we could do a whole episode on this and we often do touch on it, but the best place to start is by signing up to our Thought Starters weekly email. Each week, we send you some cool stuff that has caught our eye during the week, as well as some more detailed articles on stocks and invested-related content. We also include Basics 101. These are articles tailored specifically for beginners to really propel you on your way. We don't spam you. I mean, we hate spam. It's once a week, and there's enough stuff in there to occupy you for a full day of browsing at work. Now, Ren puts a lot of effort into finding quality articles for you guys, so if anything, just sign up so he feels the love. Head to equitymates.com and chuck in your email at the bottom of the page. Equitymates and the people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. This is general advice only. Please speak to a financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your individual situation. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Vanguard Super. You all know Vanguard's award-winning ETFs, but did you know Vanguard Super is winning awards too? Vanguard Super is backed by 45 years of global investment expertise. Plus, it's low cost, so you keep more of what's yours. The Vanguard Super Lifecycle product has one of the lowest super fees on the market, now more than 30% lower than industry average. So whether you're just starting your career or planning your retirement, Vanguard has you covered. Head to Vanguard.com com.au slash super to explore Vanguard Super. Fee comparison based on super ratings, smart data as at 31 March 2024. Other fees and costs may apply. Vanguard Super Proprietary Limited is the trustee of Vanguard Super. Read the relevant PDFs and TMD available at vanguard.com.au slash super and consider if a product is right for you before making any financial decisions. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be right. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like... You know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> this was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, <laughs> yeah, you, you were different. Like, you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.